Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there. And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. You're ready to tune into your mind and body and feel empowered around health. We're the Healing Trio here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria, licensed mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer. Together, we're changing the narrative on health away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity and towards healthful self-care. So grab your water bottle, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow. And and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. I am Elizabeth here with Tara and Maria, and we are recording part two of our episode, Life Enhancing Value Bombs from a Therapist. And Tara and I have decided that we all need a little bit more of Maria in our life. (laughs) And take it away, Tara. (laughs) A little bit of Maria in our life. (laughs) This is what we do in the off hours. I love that. That raises my self-esteem. That feels good. <laughs> I right. love that you can just teach us how to say that, Maria. Say right. what? Just that I love that it raises my self-esteem. Yes, it does. I it know. feels good. It's Doesn't good. it feel good when people say something nice about you? I love it. It does. But so what bring I, it on. But what I love about it is most people would like, or many people will deflect yes. or downplay. And you're yes. like, I love that. It feels good. Yeah, I think that's a, you're, that's a great thing to model for all of Agreed. us. Agreed. That was a great example. Yes. Take compliments wisely. Say thank you. And that's it. You don't have to go like, oh, no, I'm not that nice. Yeah. No, if somebody thinks you're nice... Bring it on. Suck, it's not suck it in. Is that even a, an expression? <laughs> That's no. not. Okay. Soak it in. Soak it, it in. in. <laughs> don't suck it in. Yeah, don't suck it in. Soak it in. Okay. So here are five more nuggets of wisdom, okay, for you ladies and for all our listeners. You ready? Number one, your life is happening right now. The present time is the part that you're always living, Right. So watch out for that pattern that I've seen in many people when you say, once I get to a certain point, everything will be perfect or I'll be happy. Once I get married, I'll be happy. Once I have kids, you know, my problems are going to go away and all this is going (laughs) to work out. Once I find a job in a specific area, then I'll be happy. Once I make this much money, then I'll be happy. Because your life is happening, whether you are the wrong job or making less money is happening right now. So be careful with that pattern sometimes of waiting for something to happen to be happy. We have these conversations all the time too in relation to body image, right? It's Mm -hmm. so common to think... I'll be happy when I lose the weight, when I fit into X pair of jeans, when I do whatever, or, you know, when I hit the number on the scale. And But is that true happiness? If it's dependent on that, right. do you ever really have the happiness? Mm-hmm. Because even if you get there, well, that's a whole lot of pressure to stay there if mm-hmm. that's the only way that you can be happy. And let me tell you this. In my experience... Most of the times that I work with people who are waiting for that specific event to happen to be happy, the event actually happens and they still don't feel happy. Yeah. Yes. 
they get to the situation we were wishing for for a long time. Mm -hmm. And once you're there, you realize nothing changed emotionally. Mm -hmm. The goalposts are always moving. Yeah. Right. Ah, we got this. Now the next thing is that. Right. Right. You know? Right. So the invitation with this nugget of wisdom is to realize again that your life is happening now. And that if in, in, in your example, it made me think of me, like I was, I love dresses, right? Mm-hmm. But then before when I wear one, I'm like, well, but it's not, you know, should I really wear a dress? Because maybe I should look this way before I wear a dress. No, go wear your dress now. Yeah. You know, with, with whatever hanging from and the dress. And shorts and bathing suits. <laughs> yes. I do the same thing wear with all the things. things. Yes. Well, you want to wear your bikini? Go with hanging. Go for it. Yeah. Like, do it for you. Like, enjoy whatever you want to enjoy now. There's no requirements or, or you know, conditions to mm-hmm. feeling good now. Mm-hmm. I mean, feeling well in your heart. So, so, but for the person out there who really is having a hard time imagining, but how do, but how do I be happy now when I really don't feel fulfilled or when I don't know how or when I, what piece of advice would you give them? So happiness is a practice. Happiness is including things that you can do to bring that emotion. It's not something, it's not necessarily something that is going to be stable and at the same degree all the time, which by the way, on my Instagram, I have a video on happiness, but it's the practice of doing things that are going to bring that emotion, that emotion and then accumulate over time. So it's really finding those joys. Research shows actually that helping other people, for example, mm-hmm. with your own boundaries, like we've talked before, um, can bring happiness, like volunteering, yeah, service, feeling yes. useful to others can bring Happiness, if we call it happiness, call it bring joy, bring a brief moment of fulfillment, mm-hmm. a satisfaction. Brief, yes. Um, so smiling at other people, finding activities as little as they can be that you um, enjoy, giving yourself permission to do things that you need at the moment and maybe redefine what is happiness for you. Like really what's your understanding of happiness? Is it what movies show that you're going to be in this white horse finding the man of your mm-hmm. dreams and, and have the perfect house, whatever that means to each person. And you're going to be smiling all the time and you're going to feel like, yes, I love my life every second of it. I can, you know, live without this habit. No. Yeah. I don't think that's happiness for anybody. Yeah. It's just for in the movies like this, you know, um, ideal of we have created of happiness should be. So then when you find daily struggles in your life, in your day to day, it's like, oh, I don't have a happy life. Yes, you do. You're just struggling like the rest of us. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so really great question then is what are the things that bring you happiness right now? That's how can you question. do more yes. of them? Yes. Love that question. And if you don't know what brings you happiness, then switch the question. What are things in your life that are making you miserable right now, Mm -hmm. that are not making you happy at all? How can you slowly or not gradually start getting rid of them? Mm, Love that. And Mm -hmm. replacing them for something less miserable if you want to see it from that perspective right Mm -hmm. because many times it's like but i don't know what makes you happy yes but you do you do know what doesn't make you happy 
Yeah. You do know what makes you softer and feel yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. So then minimize those. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right. Number two. Okay. Kind of related. So just because you have days when you just can't do anything, right? That you cannot get out of bed, that you feel like, okay, I, I cannot get myself to be super productive today does not mean you are lazy. I found many times we think that resting and sleeping and doing nothing is lazy or not productive or shameful or and is not true. Self-care. Mm -hmm. When you rest and you give yourself sometimes to do nothing, maybe just breathe, watch, you know, uh, admire a nice view or scenery, mm -hmm. you are recovering, you are recharging, you are We recharge healing. our cell phone batteries every single exactly. night. And yet, yep. yeah. And it doesn't recharge well if, you're, if your cell phone is plugged, but you're still watching yeah. a video. Well, right? and also yes. it doesn't happen by accident. You have to be intentional about it. And it, it yes, and it doesn't mean that you don't know how to work hard. Yeah, like my husband is an example that I feel he feels like anxious or guilty if he lays down and watches TV for a whole hour. He's like, "Oh my goodness, I've been watching TV for a whole hour." I'm like, "Good for you." Yeah, that's great. I do that too. Where if I'm not productive, I feel like, "Well, what did I do all day?" You know, you rested <laughs> and that's very productive. It is. It totally is. Unnecessary for your well-being. It's definitely like a switch to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mm -hmm. feel like we glorify like busyness and Absolutely. productivity yes. and we yeah. don't glorify do do rest. That? Yes. Having just come back from Europe and Maria, I know you did too. It's like such a cultural mm -hmm. shift, right? Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they have quite that same thing. Mm -hmm. okay. And let's be careful with the message that we give because you're right. It's like, oh, um, Tara is such an amazing woman. She's, she has three businesses and she runs them herself and then she goes and be, be a great mom and, and then we glorify that. Yes. No, I mean, you're as valuable as a woman who has no business and is at home to taking care of her kids and even while taking care of her kids she has some help like what's yeah wrong absolutely. with that right we're all worthy and with our kids the same way we want to put our kids in all these um activities they have to go to karate and soccer and ballet and all that because to keep them busy because that's how we measure maybe how mm. good of moms we are mm -hmm. no what's wrong with your kid resting and watching tv a whole afternoon that's okay too. So again, this piece of information is that, that just because you have days when you just do nothing doesn't mean anything bad about you. Number three, if you're alive, it's not too late to kick some... <laughs> kick some butt. Kick some butt. No one. <laughs> Please explain. So <laughs> it happens sometimes that we think that we're too old to start doing things that we want to do. Oh. I see this frequently with people at the gym. Oh, I'm too old to lift like that. Or I'm too old to do this thing. Oh, yeah, or too old like, to start no. something new. Mm. I wouldn't jump right into some crazy stuff, physically at least. But, like, you're never too old to start doing something. And it depends on what you think it's crazy. Because 
maybe, yes, you do start doing yoga at age 75 and you never tried it before and you might be afraid of hurting yourself, but then you don't and you do it to yeah. your, you know, to your rhythm. To your and ability. To, yes. Um, because sometimes we use age as an excuse to not do things. Some, mm-hmm. Like, again, I'm too old for that. Or, you know, but then you see, you watch these videos of 80-year-old people dancing for the first time or going on an adventure or, yeah, you know, getting a degree. Yeah, I have students in college that, yeah. you know, they're the only ones in the classroom. And I think it's so admirable. Like, it doesn't stop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. One of the, I, So I went back to school in midlife to get a master's degree and a complete career change to become a dietitian. Mm-hmm. And uh, aside from kind of all the reasons why I wanted to do it, one of my favorite things about it was to show my kids that it's never too late mm-hmm. to like change direction and go after your dreams mm-hmm. and do what you want. And absolutely, but it's true for ourselves too, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So don't stop yourself. Don't what, stop growing. Uh, whatever your age is, don't use it as an excuse to not give yourself what you really want because it can be a form of pro- procrastination, right? So it's never excuse, too old. Right? You're never too old, or it's never too late to kick some butt. <laughs> now it's gonna sound like butt, like butt, perhaps butt or butt. Some booty. Some I think booty. you said it pretty definitively. I okay, also go. think that. All right, clear. <laughs> Number four, people are not their mental health diagnosis. Yes, I love that one. I love that too because or I feel your like illness of any kind. Or yes. your illness of any kind. Or how you like characterize your body, like I am fat. Like you're not fat. You have fat. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. So my invitation with this nugget of wisdom is let's stop labeling people because of their diagnosis or their condition. Like I'm a firm believer that, um, for example, saying I hear a lot of people saying so-and-so is bipolar. No, Mm -hmm. so-and-so has bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. because that can change. And that's not all they are. Right. Right. Um, you can go around saying so-and-so is cancer, so-and-so has cancer, yeah. right. right? Because there's so much more. And that feeds the stigma that we know is there around mental health issues. And, you know, we hear that somebody might have a diagnosis and we want to put them in a category already and think, okay, just because of that, they're lazy or they're violent or they are going to be... No, it's not. And besides, one in five people have been diagnosed with a mental diagnosis or could be in the in the previous years, what statistics say. So if you know five people, at least one of them are struggling with symptoms that could classify as a mental diagnosis. So is it really, mm-hmm. you know, something we need to label? And is it really... So interesting. Uh, I never really thought about it before, how, how much differently we talk about mental health conditions versus other yeah. physical oh, conditions. Yeah. You're right. We don't oh, say, yeah. I'm cancer. Right. Oh, not I'm only, the flu. Right. Not only that, if you go to the hospital because you, you know, you have a broken leg, neighbors, you know, get together to do like the meal train and bring you meals mm-hmm. and it's okay to talk about it and they send you notes, hope you're feeling better. But if the, you know, if the situation is that your neighbor was in the hospital for two weeks because of a um, episode of depression, how do people really respond? They don't know. Right. How, what to say or... We're not sure you know, what to do I, with that. But it's health. It's like yeah. any other health 
situation, right? Yeah. I see a lot of my, people my age or like, you know, in the decade younger than me that talk about like my anxiety, my anxiety. Like it's almost become like a personality trait mm-hmm. um, to have anxiety. And I mm-hmm. think like most people have some form mm-hmm. of anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we've really like taken it to a new level with making it part of who we are. And you it know. doesn't have, I mean, it's part of who you are, but it's not all you are. And again, it can change, right? Like, yeah. there's so much more for a person besides their diagnosis, whatever diagnosis that is. So, again, just food for thought. Um, and number five, the only person you can change is yourself. Such an important one. Mm. Um, Sometimes we are waiting or focusing on another person to change for us to do this or that or for us to feel a certain way. So we want somebody to stop talking mean to us. We want somebody to take care of their health so they live longer and be present in our lives for longer. But do you really have control over that? Mm -hmm. Here are the news. No, you do not really. (laughs) Yeah. The only control you have is what you feel. And not even that, we're not in control of our emotions most of the time. I mean, we feel them. You're in control of the behavior that you, uh, per, you know, that you show. You're in control of your own life and the changes that you can make. You're not in control of the changes that another person can make. You can bring suggestions. You can offer ideas. You can offer support and help during that change. But it's not up to you for somebody else to change. I've literally had this conversation in different ways three times this week already. <laughs> How come? Um, well, like it's a slightly different manifestation of it. But for example, yesterday in my group coaching program, the question came up about, well, my um, my my husband does the cooking, but he's not necessarily on board with the changes that I'm trying to make or the way he prepares it or and and we were talking about in a way how do you how do you navigate that because you can't you can only take ownership of what what you have control over right, right? and in that scenario it's not how someone else in your home eats or um, doesn't eat or so like how do you find how do you cohabitate and make that gelled together and then it came up two other different ways too (laughs) this almost feels like a relief to me like oh i'm not in charge of that person's decisions good shoot not my problem well yeah because at the end i mean you cannot bring changes to somebody else somebody else's life i mean you you can when you make changes around that person that could bring some changes to the person of course we, we affect each other But us expecting somebody else to change as a requirement or a condition Mm -hmm. for how we live our lives is, I think, a lost cause. It's not realistic. Yeah. So it's like we can support and encourage the people to make a change, right? But it's not our responsibility. And I guess what I was trying to say is almost in reverse. Like you can't let the fact that someone else doesn't want to change impact you making a change that will better your well-being, your health, your emotional, yeah. and physical, you can make whatever. a decision of how that impact affects your life. Like an mm-hmm. example, my husband has been dealing with like health issues, and I get anxious because I want him to make some changes in his life that are going to support his health. 
But at the end, I can go to the doctor for him. I can change the way he does certain things or habits for right. him, right? So I'm in charge of how I want to deal with that situation from my end, right. but I have no control over the changes that he wants or not wants to make. Right. So once you realize that's out of your control, less control you want to have over other people's lives mm -hmm. and feeling frustrated that at the end you really have no control. And the less pressure it is, right? Yeah. Which is why you probably feel a sense of relief. Yeah, right. Less pressure. And, and less training the relationship because then you start like, you're not doing this and you're not doing that and you're not take care, taking care of my, yourself and that you know, makes me anxious. Yeah, you can have it in a conversation and say, it scares me when you don't take care of yourself mm -hmm. because not having you at some point is really scary. And then the conversation go that way, but not really hoping or expecting that you're going to be the one changing that. Yeah. So those are the five um, pieces of information. Hope you all found them helpful um, to support your journey towards emotional wellness. You know, we love you. We know we love having you here in our episodes and we hope you come back every single time. Anything else, ladies? Yes. Guys, if you have ideas for episodes that you want to hear, if you have questions related to rebranding wellness, we would love to answer those for you in an episode. So reach out to us on our social media or emails in the show notes, and we will definitely get an episode up for you. Also, guys, if you like this episode, we would love for you to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Um, and please feel free to share this with anyone who you think might benefit from it. Thank you. See you next time.